You're listening to Real Rap, sponsored by Splittooth Media. You can find our episodes on splittoothmedia.com. Find more episodes on patreon.com slash realrap. Yeah, and we're a podcast focused on the uh, filmographies of actors turned directors. This past few weeks, we're talking about Mike Nichols and Elaine May. Today, we're talking about Mike Nichols' movie, Charlie Wilson's War. A famous movie that actually isn't never happened. It doesn't exist. Uh- very much a movie that doesn't exist and it did get one oscar nomination which is sort of crazy i was just listening to a mailbag episode of the this had oscar buzz podcast and uh-huh. they were talking about like the number one movie they wish they could talk about their, their theme is they talk about movies that like had buzz but didn't get any ultimately and fucking mm-hmm. philip seymour hoffman's nomination is like fuck we can't talk about it but it, it's the definition of a movie that was uh coming into oscar season as the uh like far and away front runner and those movies are always doomed even Damn. when they get nominations those nominations are always just sort of like they almost feel like consolation prizes. Cold Mountain was one of those movies. You know, it, it ends up getting a couple below the line nods and like Jude Law gets a nomination, but no best picture, no best director. Uh, honestly, A Star is Born is one of those movies, you know, getting mm-hmm. getting even mm-hmm. even getting 10 nominations, only winning the one. Um, yeah. This was very much that kind of movie. Uh, oh, yeah. Aaron All-Star Sorkin, cast. Mike Nichols, Tom Hanks, Julia Roberts, Philip Seymour Hoffman, Dennis O'Hare, uh, uh, Ned Beatty. Um, Amy Adams, Emily John Blunt. Bloom on the editing table, John Krasinski. Um, he's coming in like uh, like weapons funneled through Pakistan. You really love to see. It. <laughs> <laughs> Stinger when he is Israeli. Yeah, this is it's a very million. like <laughs> it's a very mumbly sort of murmury performance from Philip Seymour Hoffman. I think his third best performance of 2007. I was just saying this to Ryan uh, the other night. He was in <laughs> Savages and uh, Before the Devil Knows You're Dead this year. You'll remember Before the Devil Knows You're Dead is that movie that opens with him dogging Marissa Tomei. Sorry to use such a horrifying phrase, but when you see the clip, it, it, it applies. And um, Savages is this movie that I've only seen the one time, but I remember kind of liking it. A Tamara Jenkins film. He and uh, Laura Linney are the stars. Anyway, how do we uh, how do we get Ryan into this call? How do we get a third person in here? uh ryan you just kind of shout his name hi is ryan home to play can ryan play this movie got six golden globe nominations it basically got every conceivable golden globe nomination there is a i believe it's julia roberts character at some point in in this movie says something like well i'm not accepting a golden globe or something like that who the fuck makes a casual reference to the golden globes as like an award that somebody might be accepting that's like that's like saying like i'm not that's like saying uh, I'm going to the fridge to get a Mountain Thunder or something, you know? Like, <laughs> that's crazy. <laughs> Did I tell you the bad news? What? Sierra Mist is out of business? <laughs> that's a good one. No, I just learned today that the phrases actually don't shit where you eat. Oh, yeah. Imagine my embarrassment. Uh, I, I'm, I'm getting a message in my earpiece now. I'm being fired. Oh. <laughs> this internship is going to remain unpaid. <laughs> and the internship remains unpaid okay <laughs> i i'm not getting those credits wonderful wonderful and right. the credits do not do copy that okay the credits do not apply towards my major so might have to work this into my minor somehow fuck <laughs> Fuck. Um. Next question. So when you're feeling, oh, boom goes uh, the dynamite. <laughs> boom goes the dynamite. Uh, George Bush praised this movie for um the first mass appeal effort to reflect the most important lesson of America's Cold War victory that um that the Reagan led effort to support freedom fighters resisting Soviet oppression led successfully to the first major military defeat of the Soviet Union sending the Red Army packing from Afghanistan proved one of the most single important well he definitely wrote that. Well but that that's as far as he went and he didn't mention, you know, the he, the, he, the the shadow, the the consequences that this movie is sort of, you know, <laughs> is hinting at. I mean, this is a movie about nine eleven and the war and, and the war in Iraq the same way that MASH is a movie about Vietnam. But like, uh not, not, not to compare this movie to MASH, let, let me tell you. <laughs> And boom goes the dynamite. My internship is unpaid. My <laughs> my parents aren't happy. <laughs> Ryan, first question: uh, primary colors or Charlie Wilson's War? I uh I would say Charlie Wilson's War hands down. And I'm I'm making really? a I know yeah Damn. I'm making a simple boy uh, call there, which is I just I just enjoy Charlie Wilson's War more. Um I, I 
I, I, I mean, like, I, I didn't really enjoy either just because, like, they, they don't, they're such products of their time in ways that I think make them, like, unfun to watch in, in, mm-hmm. in various ways and in very different ways. Namely, like, Primary Colors is, like, super idealistic, I think, ultimately, pretty portrait. <laughs> Of uh, I guess they both are very idealistic, but the the scummy aspects of them make them both kind of like irredeemable. Um, makes the I- idealism really irredeemable. Um, but I think that affected me a lot more in Primary Colors because it's like a lot. It's a lot more. I don't know, a lot more stylized, a lot older. John Travolta being like the idealistic figure, I couldn't really buy. I bought into a lot less than Tom Hanks. Uh, yeah, there's some there's a pile of thoughts there. It's interesting. This is the first time we've seen sexy Tom Hanks, Shane, since uh, the Da Vinci Code, Angels and Demons. Oh. Um, when he is, oh, as you'll remember oh, from the, the Ron passages Howard of those, series. Yeah, if you remember from those passages, uh, he's supposed to be like the hottest man alive, who also happens mm-hmm. to be a genius professor of a made-up field. Um, <laughs> and then I think an... prior to that, the only other time I could think of that Hanks has been like hot Hanks is probably uh, Splash. Apollo? Mm, um Apollo is more days, of yeah. like noble, almost Bill Paxton esque Hanks. Yeah, he's more of a scold in Apollo. Yeah, Apollo is one of those the sort of movies he's in now where he's just sort of like a guy who's good at his job, you know? Yeah. Uh, a real B of uh, S. Would you say Tom name. Hanks is miscast at all? In like this role uh, of like the scummy, like philandering? Yeah. Because that's really where I think it jarred me. It's like I I I mean like he certainly is a sexual figure, but the thing that was grating the most to me there is not that like uh, the movie makes me want to fuck Tom Hanks, which I don't think it totally does, but like that Tom, I'm supposed to buy in to this 2007 version of Tom Hanks in which he's like <laughs> a coke snorting, like stripper fucking, like dirty ass congressman. Like that didn't that didn't totally play correct to me. This movie plays like a um, double-length episode, like a double-length pilot of a new HBO show. Exactly. Um, the way they front-load <laughs> like, the nudity and drug use, um, it, it's just very... And, and Mike Nichols, the fact that this is Mike Nichols' last film, the fact that this was like a septuagenarian, compare this to like The Wolf of Wall Street. Like, Man, Mike Nichols, you go from being on the cutting edge of The Graduate to making something that I think is as instantly dated as Charlie Wilson's War, you know? It's, yeah, uh, yeah. He, uh, he, I, I think he was really trying to win over, um, who the fuck is his wife again? Uh, Mike Nichols' wife? Wow. Uh, Mamma Mia, I think? Diane Sawyer. <laughs> I think he was just really? doing, like, Diane Sawyer wow. cosplay. What? Yeah. Wait, 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 oh really? Oh my god. Yeah, he's married until to Until his Sawyer. death. 88 wow. until his death. That's yeah. insane. And I she was no his That's fourth wild. wife. Yeah, wow, that's crazy. Okay, yeah, okay, I can see why he. Okay, that that that's kind of makes sense, Shane. That he was trying to impress his yeah his his anchor woman wife. Yes. Okay. Yeah, but I think like it's funny that you bring up the Ron Howard comparison because this is such like a Ron Howard movie. Except mm-hmm. the difference between this and I went into this thinking it was going to be a combination of the Ron Howard like journalism movies and the Ron Howard political movies, but it was like. A little too smart than anything Ron Howard could do. Like Ron Howard makes someone <laughs> seem smart by like painting, like making them see like paintings in their head. But Mike Nichols just makes them like talk so fast that you can't mm-hmm. understand what they're saying. Mm-hmm. Yeah, or Aaron Sorkin makes them talk. Yeah, that's true. I didn't even know Aaron Sorkin was the writer for this. Neither did I. Neither did I until I saw the it's the credits. Like he's like the first, you know, first or second name or something. All that walking <laughs> and talking didn't tip you off. Yeah, I, 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 I didn't. I wish it. I wish I remember. I, I, you know what? Also, this is one of those movies that I, I think, uh, I think I, I talked about this with the graduate too. I'm sort of directly repeating myself. But uh, I watched this movie in high school, and I was like, nom, 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 I ate it the fuck up, because um, it was like, you know, ooh, like a sexy political story about like a time that was before I was born, but I already like learned about last year. Yeah. You know, yeah. like it, it made me feel <laughs> cool to know what's going on. Like I'm participating in society as a 15 year old, yeah. but, um, you know, obviously, hopefully I've, I've gained a little more <laughs> perspective in the decades since that I watched this, but I, I was, I was surprised to look back on it and go like, Oh my God, this is like, it's like a, uh, a weird movie in a way that I don't know. I, I, I just unqualifiedly loved it when I watched it in high school. 
Mm. Really, see, I, I watched this for the first time on like Put Locker because, as you guys know, I'm an I'm an Oscar <laughs> fiend. I'm an Oscar hound. I'm an Oscar shark, baby. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And um, 2007 was a really formative Oscar year for me. I mean, that was when I was really treading the 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 Oscar buzz boards. I was really mm-hmm. really getting into it. And Charlie Wilson's War was a movie I watched exclusively because it was riding that. That wave of of Oscar buzz and Golden Globe nominations, that that shitty chug a choo choo train Mm. on, you know, a fucking fucking Oscar buzz coal, Um, Uh yeah. So I I I remember it it not even registering as anything to me when I saw it. I remember I remember at the time, and this I don't mean to sound like I don't mean to like sound like I'm poking at you or saying like wow you're you're a bad film viewer for for being taken. (laughs) You're saying seventh grade Bennett was the first time I watched it. It made zero (laughs) impact. It was like when Homer gets hit in the stomach with a cannonball. It was like. I was like, oh, well, this really is Oscar. <laughs> in any other year, this would have this would have gotten those six nominations, you know? I, I, like, movies just... Certainly has... better than Argo. Mm. I was about to say it's better than Argo, but I just really hate that Argo won Best Picture. Mm. Yeah. Uh, I think Argo's I a better movie than I think it's better than Argo. Yeah, that's probably correct. At least um, Argo has, like, grittiness built into it to make you feel like this isn't, like, maybe the best thing that's ever happened. Argo has John Goodman in it having a good time. Um... Yeah. Uh, oh, well, this I, is Phil, Philip Seymour Hoffman having a good time. I mean, mostly having a bad time, I guess. But that he works. <laughs> yeah, he, he, we were just talking about before you got on. He was Oscar nominated for this in a year where he had several other good performances. Ryan, you and I were talking about this the other day. Um, 2007 was a big mm. year for for PSH. This was this is when he had big sort year. Of a yeah, I remember you read it off to me. I think, and I was like flabbergasted. Yeah, sorry, sorry to get pedantic like that. Oh no, I love I love the pedantic. That's why, honestly, Shane, I wish, I really wish, we should do Patreon episodes about every other Mike Nichols film. I really want to do an episode about Wolf. Are you familiar with Wolf? Are either of you familiar no. with Wolf? It is a werewolf movie starring uh, Jack Nicholson. He's some sort of like hotshot New York businessman who becomes a werewolf. Uh, oh and apparently it's kind God. of sexy. I've seen like clips of it on, on Encore. But... Was it, it's um, from the 80s? That sounds like a Coke plot, like a Coke screenplay. Well, it sounds like, <laughs> yeah, like a joke from like 30 Rock or something. Yeah. Like, it's all been downhill since I started in Wolf. Oh, 1994. Can I do my um, Gust Avrakotos um, impression? This is Absolutely. Philip Seymour Hoffman. This is him when he's angry at uh, Roger Sterling <laughs> from Mad Men. <laughs> For 24 years, people have been trying to kill me. People don't know how. Now, do you think that's because my dad was a group soda pop maple? Or do you think it's because I'm an American spy? As long as, <laughs> as, long as the breast sees sex and drugs on the left hand, you can park a bottle carrier around the right hand, no one's going to fucking notice. Yeah, yell at the Israelis. Yell at the Israelis. The fucking Israelis and the Saudi Arabians are fucking, they're fucking douchebags. We're going to tell you in one year about the fucking Yugenini Begnan and telling you simply the side of the film will not make a profit. Russian bloggers also telling you in the other way that freedom fighters from the Heritage Foundation aren't going to let $17 million make a dent in fucking schools. Uh, now talk about how much you hate the Afghanistan station chief, Dennis O'Hare's character. That fucking pussy. Uh, I'll trick him under the head any day. I'll give him, I'll give him an A minus in terms of a, a spy. A spy. Okay, no, break a window. Break a window in your home. Hold on. Give me that hammer over there. You you fucking. <laughs> and that uh, fix this one too, jackass. See, because that to me is like when I think about the term Oscar clip as, as kind of a pejorative uh, or, you know, even just as you know, oh my w- God, what would be your a... textbook definition. It is kind of like that scene. And of course, it was used as the Oscar clip uh, in that. Uh, that oh, that was year. it? That's funny. I'm like 98 percent certain. Yeah. It's like I said, be. these were formative Oscar years for me. I mean, really. Yeah. It's too bad. This seems like where um, both Mike Nichols and. Philip Seymour Hoffman are the most aware that they're like talented people and it's their most underperforming the most underperforming side of all of them. Mm-hmm. But Mike Nichols just has fucking brainworms for making this. He's really real real boomer mentality in that he uh fucking rose like a star, got super rich and then just his fucking emotional and mental capacity completely depleted. Yeah, Jeez. <laughs> did he just yeah, did Mike Nichols want to make this? Yeah, no, I yeah, have no yeah. idea. I mean, this seems like the sort of thing that Aaron Sorkin would be. I, I think this probably started as like an Aaron Sorkin thing. I think I think the yeah. script was sort of the the mm. 
I, I assume it was a hot script, and I assume your your Barry Levinson's. I, I assume a lot of kind of middle brow directors who who made a few kind of like snappy movies <clears throat> were probably in talks to make this. In fact, I I would bet a million dollars Barry Levinson thought about directing this. I think he <laughs> after Primary Colors he got so or like during Primary Colors he just got so into the optics of like governmental uh lever pulling that like he just wanted to make something that felt cool and Aaron Sorkin was the guy to do it because primary colors I think tries to paint these people as like movers and shakers of the political system and like that's also seems what this is about and like it's just so irresponsible <laughs> the way he does it it seems like <laughs> yeah. like he'll show like um uh, like a muslim guy like praying and then like uh julia roberts or amy adams ass as she walks down a hallway it's like what are you in this for do you just like the way this feels um and one of the reasons this movie feels especially kind of crass and dated is the fact that the wars it's it's like covertly no pun intended um reflecting on have been going on for an additional 10 plus years uh, (laughs) in both of them um yeah it, it it just feels like especially crass that they're being so glib about um I don't know the wars in Iraq and Afghanistan uh and like the Taliban uh, I don't know I, like Tom Hanks like slapping butts and like doing coke uh it just uh it, it doesn't feel um it, it doesn't feel like we're all laughing at the joke anymore you know what I mean it just feels like kind of yeah. like uh yeah out, out of touch sort of Hollywood libs now <laughs> yeah to yeah, quote my yeah. grandparents. <laughs> uh it it also it also feels like it might have been conceived and made in like those waning moments that there was like one unified american opinion you know like it 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 was that kind of like cultural hegemony like created 9-11 right when like Mm -hmm. everyone decided like we need to get the muslims we're all proud of bush and we just played that for like five years mm-hmm. we all decided the iraq afghanistan wars were like wrong and that was the last thing we agreed on and like we just split into two separate cultures like the the like cultural hallmarks that like the movie i think really plays on which is like america fuck yeah we're gonna get commies <laughs> Like, we are one great nation that defeated the Soviet Union. Like, that kind of movie just, uh, we're so divided. Like, we don't, everyone disagrees with that from their own side, from their own corner. Mm. But I think, like, in 2007, like, just the tail end, like, the sun's going down on that type of, like, I don't know, bullheaded, bro-American, like, Mm -hmm. wartime film. And Nichols is an old guy. He's the one to kind of like I don't know, be sentimental enough to 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 make a movie like that. This is like when um, f- famed literary Jew Norman Mailer wrote like his version of the Bible because his uh, then partner was her, her parents were super Catholic. So he essentially wrote it to impress her parents, this, like, book that he published about, like, Jesus's perspective before he got, like, nailed to the cross. And I think that this is is Mike Nichols' equivalent of, like, walking over the coals for um, (laughs) Sawyer. (laughs) Wow. Yeah. He'll make, like, a tepid political satire for her. I mean, there's (laughs) that... This movie, the movie this has the most in common with, honestly, is probably W, another movie that came out in the sort of waning days of the Bush presidency. Uh, I mean, it's insane how much that movie doesn't exist, uh, a movie about the sitting president. But, uh, I, I mean, th- this movie ends with, like, the, 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 the title card, like, you know, it happened, it was historic, it was beautiful, but boy, howdy, we fucked up the ending or something like that. You know, Charlie Wilson is buried, yeah. Shane, in uh, Austin, Texas? Really? At the, yeah. Aust- at the Texas State Cemetery? I think so. Nice. Oh, fuck. Yeah, you should go see it. Yeah. Boy, howdy. Charlie Wilson really would have loved us. Yeah, he would have loved real rap. Um, Yeah, Tom Hanks having, like, six women walking around it. Like, he seems more uncomfortable around women than he did, like, flying to the moon. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you, you, asked, you, you asked earlier, <laughs> Ryan, if we thought that Tom Hanks was um, miscast. I think 
Very much so. I think that's the only thing that, well, I guess Roger Ebert ultimately praises the performance, but he says something like, well, you might think Tom Hanks is miscast, and I'm like, mm. yeah, yeah, I do. That's um, probably why it's top of <laughs> Dennis Quaid, maybe. Roger, Roger Ebert's a Jesse spot on there. I, I think Woody Harrelson would have made a meal out of this role. Um, yeah. Um, I, I hate Robert Downey Jr., but this is definitely more of a role for him. Mm. Um, Matt McConaughey, like, like yeah. 20, 20 oh. current Matt McConaughey, not like 20 2007's Matt McConaughey, with <laughs> like curly blonde hair. Put on a little bit of weight. Yeah. Ooh, yeah, let's yeah. remake Charlie Wilson's War. Come on. <laughs> Matthew McConaughey yeah. could use the work. I said it. <laughs> <laughs> the movie, I don't know. Yeah, like the movie doesn't talk about Reagan at all. No? Mm. Yeah, yeah, he's uh, just kind of mentioned in passing. Uh, this movie very much, though, I think, um, uses I almost said appropriates, but that that that's too much of a pun given all the talk of appropriations in this movie. Am I right? Uh, the way it uses kind of iconography <laughs> of the Bush era, um, the the um, the the scene where he's given the uh, award by the CIA that kind of bookends the film. There's that banner that says Charlie did it, which is very obviously I think a reference to again not to pat myself on the back by saying very obviously I think it's definitely a reference to the Mission Accomplished banner. You know, Bush. Mm. Uh, yeah, it's very much supposed to be like uh, you know what what like a stupid fucking folly this was and uh, such a such a big dumb stupid like John Philip Sousa like America fuck yeah sort of thing to do <laughs> having a big banner. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> also, for as much no like, offense to John uh, Philip Sousa. <laughs> I I think the movie like Ho- Hollywood Libs made it right and they like certainly I think Mike Michaels or Michaels ooh Michaels have you guys said that before Nicky Michaels. Like a, <laughs> Nikki Michael. Uh yeah, as much as like uh Nikki Mike's um wants to like humanize the Afghan people as like Charlie Wilson's justification for the intervention, like we really don't get uh any real Afghani person. Like no. <laughs> the most real <laughs> like the most real uh, anyone from from like South Asia or that or the Middle East, like that we get is um, shit, what's the old Daily Show correspondent who's uh has the cameo is like the general general uh like the only Beats human me. like like brown skin character in the film is Asif Mambi like shitting on Charlie Wilson uh with his Oxford education. You know what, you know what scene I'm talking about? Uh, is that when he first goes to Pakistan and he asks if they have any like liquor? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, that guy gets some screen you know, time. And besides that, we get some like, you know, like give a dime, like infomercial style, like sympathy uh, montages. Uh-huh. Yeah, no, uh, there's no, there's no personification, let alone characterization for, for any of the Middle Eastern characters that we see in the movie. We get that one shot, which it, it almost seems like it's a reference to like the, the shot of the, the, wounded and dead and gone with the wind it's like this really kind of long zoom out as we just see more and more bodies and more and more oh, tents yeah, in the yeah. refugee camp when i charlie wilson i think is walking to like the top of a hill or something uh and it's when he gets kind of sold on on the cause um he was like for the rest of his life like really active in like pakistani causes and some university in texas has like a charlie wilson like center for pakistan mm. studies kind of interesting <laughs> Um, I, I learned that on Wikipedia. That's the only two resources I use to do any research for this podcast, by the way, Ryan. I do that as a rule. I use IMDb and Wikipedia because they're both oh, always I mean, that's, right. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> there's a rich, a rich, uh, I don't know, pool of footnotes there. Um, uh, but no, Betty, you do read, you read other shit. <laughs> you read a book for the graduate, for Christ's sake. I mean, you already <laughs> had read it, but. Yeah, but uh, I, I don't read. I don't, I don't mean to toot your horn, horn. though. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> um, um, what else do I say? Oh, uh, it's like there's this um, there's this CIA like chief who went to my college, who like was really involved in like some fucked up Korean, uh, like American, just good old American infiltration espionage going on there. Uh-huh. And uh, he has a South Korean like studies center after him. <laughs> really, uh, which is yeah, just fuck. Um, like, you know so- all this talk of the CIA really gets me thinking about 
um, my preferred candidate for the presidency, as you guys know, a, uh, a CIA agent and yeah. small town mayor, huge, uh, both huge Iowa boot and New Hampshire. <laughs> we, uh, we really love to see it. Uh, this is a win for all of us, uh, eight year student council members, uh, across the country. <laughs> um, how about that, that one guy who's supposed to be like the world's smartest CIA agent who like basically is straight out of the big bang theory. And he's like, you're going to need th- this many guns and, and like, listen, you're definitely going to need a stinger if you want oh, to take yes! a yeah. plane. The, like, C- the young CIA analyst, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> With, like, a bull cut. That, oh, Jesus. Like, sometimes I forget, like, Aaron Sorkin, as much as, like, he's a stereotype and a trope at this point, like, sometimes you forget uh, watching his movies, like, what what makes him that way and like yeah the like <laughs> hobbled away like super young like you know military analyst is so uh-huh. fucking playing oh, what you think you're gonna take them down with some eight like fucking 35 millimeter cannon blah 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 blah, blah. He, he, he names <laughs> he names all the guns and then says and you're gonna need ammo for all those like yeah yeah <laughs> Uh, oh, Mr. No. President, the science is on my side, and I'd like to see how your hair would fare. <laughs> um, sorry. Uh, uh, you know, Shane, I went to a youth group oh, yeah. uh, in like 2008 because I wanted to believe in Jesus really badly. Uh-huh. It was like an evangelical, uh, like Protestant group, okay. and uh, they would take us to these. Like, I didn't even know this sort of thing, but they. Like there's a I don't know it's like a like an indie circuit almost but for like the Christians like uh-huh. version of like Jesus films and so I would go watch these like political pro Christian documentaries and uh, <laughs> every time I see one of these I, I I can't I can't think of the fact that like maybe I fucked up my brain you know? <laughs> show, show too many the one I remember is like Ben Stein of all people from like you know. Bueller, yeah, Bueller, yeah. Uh, um, produced and created like an intelligent design. Uh, what? Like documentary from like 2008, and like part of it was like they brought all these like acclaimed popular scientists on, like you know, like fucking you know, your Carl Sagan's uh-huh. essentially, and like had them say like, cr- like, oh, how do you think life started? Then you piece of fucking shit. And they would say things, and uh, they like selectively edit it to make it make them look just like, oh, what you think Christ is crazy? Well, look at these fucking science dudes. They're oh off their my these nerds God. are off their rocker. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, have you ever heard of the 2015 Christian drama, The War Room? Uh, no, I'm familiar with the uh, document, the D.A. Pennebaker documentary, The War Room, <laughs> featuring our own, uh, J- featuring friend of the friend of the podcast, James Carville, of course, in sort of his star making turn. Course. But no, tell me about the Christian film, The War Room. Uh, no, I was just saying, uh, Tech, and I've never seen it. I wish I did. I just watched the documentary. But Primary Colors is like very much a shot for shot. Like uh, it maps like pretty directly to the war room in a way that oh, like weird. was insane. Having watched like the fictionalization by Mike Nichols first, uh, to like be realizing that in reverse. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, just like a few hours ago, uh, Bernie Sanders in an interview with Anderson Cooper, ref- um, he asked him about James Carville, and he said. Uh, Anderson James Carville, with all due respect, is a political hack. Oh, so good! Wow, wow! With all due respect, um, the clip is circulating. I think <laughs> Crystal Ball, and I can't believe that's her real name, uh, tweeted it um, or or some or t- tweeted about it, and somebody tweeted it in the thread. Uh, you got to find the clip. Very good. Yeah, he goes on to say more, but it was really great to just hear somebody call somebody out. <laughs> And my favorite insults, yeah. and also one of my favorite things to call myself. It cuts deep. Really, uh, it cuts just deep. a great word in general. <laughs> um, this movie is full of Russian dash cam footage from helicopters. It's to the quote most strange and egregious moment of this film has to be the opening um, with the gladiator music, mm-hmm. and then a what seems to be a guy in a turban kneeling down and praying. 
and then standing up, picking up an RPG and shooting it at the camera. Uh-huh. So gross. <laughs> yeah, just so uh, it's like his really silhouette. transports you. It really takes you away, you know. Yeah, and it's like totally in silhouette. It's very. Ugh. <laughs> it's Mike Nichols being like, "This is is it? This is a this is drama. It's the stage. This is not real." Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, um, wait, yeah, uh, but it doesn't come across. No, no, I don't know. On the helicopter footage thing, uh, I, I the Wikipedia page primary source right for any, any research uh this movie yeah, was banned in russia which uh, you know what i think kind of makes a lot of sense because yeah i wouldn't think this would have a big audience in russia given that it's you know about uh <laughs> the u.s taking down russia yeah. It, but it, yeah i don't know fuck yeah <laughs> man you know what those russian hackers over there man they, they would have hated yeah this. they would have hacked the hackers yeah. You can't. You know what? They hacked the Oscars for this man. That's what <laughs> hey, the Academy PwC. They're as surprised as we are. <laughs> uh, Ryan, did you watch any of the Oscars? Oh uh, yeah, oh yeah, totally. This, this last weekend, what do you think? Uh, bad ceremony, right? Yeah, I I did think it was bad. I think the no host thing, uh, probably was bad for the ratings, but good for watchability on some level. Um. Just because, I don't know, I I certainly, like, tire, like, even just, like, watching, like, late night, that type of format, from, like, fucking just an hour of a host doing schmooze. And so the Oscars, you know, you're, like, on the couch, like, watching it for two or three, two, however long it is. Uh, three and a half. Three and a half. Yeah, it's way too much host schmooze for me. So I just appreciated, like, the form, the thing they did, which was, like, just get younger more emerging people to introduce give like people who deserve to be giving the award. <laughs> yeah, I, I well, you know what I didn't like is is seven musical performances or whatever the fuck it was. Like it's not the Grammys, folks. Wait, how, yeah, how did you feel about Eminem, right? Oh, oh, I almost shit my pants. That was fucking crazy. <laughs> and I can't they really kept a lid on that. That was nuts. Yeah. I oh and people there's all of course it became such a meme that people in the audience had no idea how to react. You know how I would have reacted? I would have shit my fucking pants. <laughs> I would have I would have because I would have been wearing something similar to that 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 um odd kind of bomber that that odd like jacket and sort of track pants thing yeah. that Timothy Chalamet was wearing. I would have been wearing something kind of similar to that, but maybe more like soccer With pants. The brooch. Kind of a white stripe down the leg. So I would have shit into those. <laughs> you would have shit okay? your tracksuit. <laughs> <laughs> and they would have been white obviously i would have been you know I, I would have been really trying to i would have been dressing to impress mm. that's what would have happened if i had been at the oscars and eminem <laughs> oh. i mean they, they it was obviously calling your shot when like it you know when when I, I wish lose yourself hadn't played for like 45 seconds before he came out i mean it was so it, it was really calling your shot if he'd come out sort of suddenly you better lose yourself like a... in the music the moment <laughs> I started doing jumping jacks. I was like, I fucking have to. I mean, come on. Yeah. <laughs> Billie <laughs> Eilish really got a lot of cut twos in in uh in the Oscars. Right? She almost got cut to. I feel like subsequently, like like a three or four like chained like oh what what like we're gonna cut to the audience like go straight to Billie Eilish. <laughs> um, I, I mean, honestly, if you're like a camera person, somebody with like neon colored hair is probably easy to spot so you know like we can have like a notable person on camera like whenever we need somebody yeah um like it's genuinely it's genuinely great like tv directing when they like can like cut on a dime to like diane ladd when lauren dern wins Mm. you know yeah man oh man some 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 good speeches some some wild speeches what do you think of the speeches i mean i didn't love the imagine being in the room for joaquin and renee back to back oof I did not love the Brad Pitt one. Really? Did you not love, like, the John Bolton joke? Did you not love, like, the... <laughs> speaking of Hollywood lips, am I right, ladies and gentlemen? Oof. Thank you. I don't know. Honestly, like... Tossing my pen. Call me... Oof. Like, call me simple, but I find myself charmed by Brad Pitt, like, performances often. But, uh, it really, really broke the veneer of, like, you know, silver screen, having him just kind of ramble, uh... And I don't think like an inspiring nor concise way, uh, especially like yeah, I don't know. You fucked that up. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I think it's interesting that uh, it was when Ji Hung like um, speaks through an interpreter, even though like he you know uh, won the Oscars Best Picture, Best Foreign Film, obviously understands and uh, can speak English. I think it's kind of like an, a, a power move that like 
mirrors like what he's doing for Hollywood, right? Like, it doesn't just have to be in English, right? <laughs> Even if we can speak English, we're not going to right now because my first language is Korean. I'm a Korean filmmaker. <laughs> that's important to me culturally and my art. Uh, so that's my other comment on this because um, he certainly gave a lot right he gave three four um yeah yeah well he didn't speak when it won um best picture the the two other producers oh, spoke, yeah, but he, yeah. he yeah he got to give like three speeches um yeah i wish i'd put money on it winning best picture um this this movie trip back to the you know the, the the subject that we're really you know ostensibly here for charlie wilson's war the great 2007 uh mike nichols aaron sorkin collaboration this movie uh crazy cast am i right cool really? Cooks, oh, uh, boy. amy adams Emily Blunt is in the movie for 45 seconds. I really hope this shot before she kind of broke out in Devil Wears Prada because, man, oh, man, like, what an insult to Emily Blunt to be like, yeah, yeah okay, so for 45 seconds, you walk around in your underwear and... Uh, and then Tom Hanks puts Tom his Hanks finger just sort in your of, like, belly pokes button. his finger around in your belly button. Yeah. <laughs> That's his idea. He gives you kind of a Gross. wet... You know, are you familiar with a wet willy? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he gives you a wet willy in your belly button. He he gets you, he gets a spoonful of oatmeal and he says, here comes the plane. <laughs> and sort it does. Of oh, no. you, Baby want oatmeal. I guess really what it boils down to. Uh, no pun intended, because it's boiled carrots, actually, not oatmeal. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> um, sorry for all the puns tonight, folks. I'm just really... I'm uh, feeling punchy. Yeah, yeah, you know. With those New Hampshire returns, I was up to like one last night. Oi, oi, oi. Man. <laughs> You're high off I, the winds. <laughs> Well, last time, last time we uh, you know convened, we were talking about primary colors. You know, a movie about the New Hampshire primary. Now the the real New Hampshire primary just happened. Uh, big night for Amy Klobuchar. Strong third, uh, strong fourth for Elizabeth Warren. And honestly, you know, I'm going to be the one person to say it. A strong fifth for Joe Biden. Um, feeling <laughs> feeling very optimistic as he is. There were yeah. I'm, anyway, I'm this is one of two apology. things that John Slattery has been in uh, that. Where he where he dresses up as Santa Claus at a certain point. You'll remember, of course, the uh, Mad Men episode "Christmas Comes But Once a Year" oh, yes. in season four, where uh, John Slattery dresses up as Santa Claus. They have I think to this force him fact, into it. Maybe he's yeah. just saying this to try. To, yeah, maybe he's just saying this to get out of it. But he says, "I'm allergic to velvet." <laughs> um, boy, imagine that. Boy, that'd be terrible, huh? I'd have to throw out my capes. Thank you. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Julia Roberts has like a, uh, a basically a replica of Portrait Madam of Madam X. X what the fuck is that about? That? <laughs> they really hang on it. I'm like, all right, we get it. We blonde Madam X. It. I gotta, find, I gotta know if that's a real oh, fucking painting. Yeah. I wonder. I bet that is a real detail about like her house because I, I could see Aaron Sorkin being really like, um, like, like almost fetishistic and wanting to keep like the real like details from the book um, mm. about what these people were like. You know. Yeah. Like this movie takes itself very yeah, seriously it for his like kind of like glib and joke. Well, yeah, well, as you said, Bennett, like you probably really thought they all thought probably making it like Nichols, one of Nichols' last. You know, like look at the star-studded cast. This is going to be it. Guys. Topical. You know, a movie hasn't swept the Oscars since Silence of the Lambs. This is going to do it. <laughs> Although I guess there's no real female. Julia Roberts is definitely a supporting role. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I, if, in a version of the script where she has a bigger role, I'm sure they were like, yeah. Man. We're going to sweep the big five. The big five, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> uh, I love how they also make they like it? the vile aspects of her character, like um, like fun, fun little like laugh lines. Like when she um, mm -hmm. that is speaking about like Palestinian President Zia and says like, he did not kill Budo. Like, oh, whoa, like. She like no one can keep her on a leash. Like she's crazy, uh, as opposed to what uh, you know she was also probably saying, which is like hang the gays and you know like <laughs> uh, Reagan is the second coming. And, like, <laughs> and boy is he come. FDR was right, like, right, right, the fucking slime scum of the earth, and so are the poor. <laughs> yeah, right. Well, she self describes as ultra conservative. She sort of seems to wear that as like a badge of honor. Yeah. Um, this movie might be funnier than Primary Colors. I think every now and then Tom Hanks has his moments when he's like just doing his sort of like sh his his shtick, um, as gross and crass as the movie can be. And I think Philip Seymour Hoffman every now and then has funny moments. Uh, when he when he first meets Julia Roberts, um, good good scene between the two of them. Um, I, I think they're both well cast. I just think Tom Hanks sucks in this. Mm. I mean, really, give me a give me a Dennis Quaid, give me a Woody Harrelson, yeah. you know. Mm. Give me a fucking Joaquin. Give me an Oscar-winning actor, Joaquin <laughs> Phoenix, for Christ's sake. I mean, give me, give me something. <laughs> yeah. 
Bennett, I totally agree in that this look this has the aesthetic at many points of like a stars or Amazon original series. Like this w- this should have been like a TV show just because it sucks so bad. And there's like really episodic uh. moments where when they're strung together in like a full movie, you're just like, what the fuck is going on? What am I watching? Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. It's, um, yeah, I, I mean, in an alternate universe, this was directed by Jay Roach, honestly. I mean, this is such a fucking Jay Roach movie. Director of uh, Bombshell, Trumbo, and this all of the kind of HBO Trumbo. election movies. This is such fucking Trumbo bullshit. I'm, I'm in my bathtub. I'm in my little tubby tub. <laughs> I'm in my little tub. <laughs> he, my... Tom Hanks is in a little <laughs> tub in this. <laughs> Where? Get Stretch Armstrong in here. <laughs> <laughs> Play with toys in the tub. <laughs> uh, yeah, that movie sucks. I've seen twenty minutes of it, and I'll never watch the rest. You know what I've realized? Like, I'm, I don't have to watch all the fucking best picture nominees and all of the best actor nominees, and no one can make. I don't have to do it. I don't have to watch like Anthony Hopkins and Hitchcock. Nobody's gonna fucking. Nobody's gonna hold a gun to uh, the gun to my head. No, it's so such it's, a big like epiphany for me. Shane, instead, that. you're just gonna watch Richard Jewell broaden your political palette. <laughs> Richard Jewell fucks, and if you're gonna tell me Richard Jewell's not good, you can. You can never come on my podcast again. <laughs> oh, wow. It's good. Yeah, Shane's, it's really good. It's possessive. He said my, and, and, not yes, our. The, Billy Ray should it's be. <laughs> Billy Ray should have to apologize for the script, the liberties it takes with Olivia Wilde's character. I, why Why use the journalist's real name? Why? Like, why <laughs> if you're going to play this fast and loose with the characterization, I think like you really ought to quote-unquote create a composite because it's, it's pretty fucking egregious, but... Paul Walter Hauser's performance should have it should have been like the fucking front runner for the Oscar, and I cannot even imagine how bad the movie would be with Jonah Hill as was planned. Ooh. Oh, God. <laughs> I mean, Dang. it's it's yeah, I mean it's it's a big difference. And as bad as egregious as um, Olivia Wilde's character is, both in the performance and on the page, um, she and John Hamm are really sort of perfectly cast. And I, and I'm sort of like paraphrasing Will Sloan here as like a, a Chad and Stacy who fuck compared to like Richard <laughs> Jules, sort of like you know. <laughs> Just sort of bumbling loser. It's really, it's really kind of pitch perfect casting, and 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 John Hamm, I don't know, is such is so good at playing that sort of um, dickish swinging dick. Yeah, yeah. God, Jonah Hill was cast as the main guy. You said. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As as the titular uh, Richard Jewell, um, and uh, that's kind of like what's you know, that? He was also, what's that role he was in the Netflix series? It's kind of like that, like the like uh sympathetic uh, main maniac but like also unempathizable like slob um that that something yeah, like yeah. he did Ma- not hit i think well in that netflix show but i think has been crucial to his like pivot to serious pivot to drama uh and maybe why it's kind of not i don't know not not always hit <laughs> He has one good performance in his entire career, and it's in The Beach Bum, where he plays, I think he's Matthew McConaughey's lawyer, and he wears a fedora, and he talks with this thick southern accent. He talks like he's one of the like 14 actors that's played Colonel Sanders. It's an incredible performance. It's wonderful. The accent never slips. Um, he's a Benny Dominique. Supporting actor in 2019, I guess. Um... um I, I, I mentioned it in, in, in texting both of you guys. You, if, if people are wondering what happens in this movie, all you have to do is read Roger Ebert's review. He explains, like, beat by beat, the intricacies of Char- the titular war, Charlie mm-hmm. Wilson's war, uh, this little wrinkle in the Cold War. Um, he talks about <laughs> the ev- meeting with ev- meetings with every head of state. He talks about, you know, all of the details about the weapons. Yeah. He even gets into, I believe, you know, some details about what kinds of weapons they are. Uh, Roger Ebert really was uh, asleep at the wheel on uh, this review, and he gave it three stars. Um, I would love to be a middle-brow film critic like this. And Shane, our original idea for Real Rap was that it was going to be about, like, I guess, you know, I, it's not as if it was something that we'd ever... I, I kind of was thinking, yeah, middle-brow, non-on-tier directors. We should, we should kind of reach out to some just sort of middle-brow film critics. Because I would love to find out yeah. what it takes to become a middle-brow film critic. I would love to... Uh, Really test my metal as like sort of a, a, a tertiary market guy giving um giving a B plus to the imitation game. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? I mean that's what we that's what we do. 
I mean, that's what we do every week on the podcast. But I'd like to make a lot I more got, money. We doing got. That, I guess is what I'm saying. Well, I'd like to. I'd like to make a little more money. We doing should. It, we saying. should do an episode on the imitation game and go into it as if it's like a pretty good movie and find all the people that, um, re- like, ma- made positive reviews of it and then just kind of be like, yeah. So what do you think? And get their like genuine thoughts and be like, all right, thanks, thanks for sharing. Uh-huh. What a what a forgettable movie. Talk about Oscar Pabio, am I right, ladies and gentlemen? Thank you. That one won a fucking Oscar. Holy I, I believe it won adapted screenplay. I could really? Be, maybe original screenplay, actually. I could be wrong. That was a uh, that was one of the last gasps gasps of sort of the Weinstein company when they had like Oscar clout when they still existed, I guess. Um, Indie Darling. <laughs> um Yeah, this movie sucks. Um, Major ass. There's that kind of. Yeah. Uh, I mean, we made fun of the um, the the um, Philip Seymour Hoffman Zen Master oh, moment God. at the end. It's um, it's it's kind of the only like grave moment in the movie, and they really uh, much. So the the that final title card we talked about talks about Charlie Wilson and and the U.S. government not sticking the landing. This movie really doesn't stick the landing in, in the sense that it doesn't do anything yeah. with that moment of like gravity. We get like thirty-five seconds of Charlie going like, hey, hey. "I'm pulling out my collar, folks." That's the visual comedy here uh, about the fact that the government won't give him any more money to like build schools and like repair roads. And oh shit. God, that that uh, last like thirty scene seconds was of so that. Difficult. I mean, it's like to compare it to another um, like America, fuck yeah, movie that's also you know m- more literally about the the our, our current wars in the Middle East. It's a little bit like the way uh, Chris Kyle's PTSD is handled <laughs> in American Sniper. It's like it's in like ninety seconds of the movie, and it's just completely. It's just like a a total afterthought. It's like yeah, well, um, he might have PTSD, but it's not really. That's what kind this of how about. So anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's kind of what that that's kind of what Charlie Wilson's ultimate like kind of like moment of guilt. It, 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 it's handled like that in in, in this movie. Mm. Um, and then we just go back to the the fucking like mission accomplished banner, and he's getting this uh, like clandestine medal or something. Um, or he's getting like the highest civilian honor that like the CIA can give. So I guess it's like the sort of thing that like nobody can know he got. It's it is sort of uh, I think it's probably what they got in Argo. Yeah. Um. Yeah. If ooh. you're watching it in like 2007, like it, it that scene reads as like inspiring and like a call to action and like let's get in the fucking you know let's let's shut this down then finally or like make Af- I don't know let's colonize Afghanistan let's like do this right I don't know whatever like the answer is right but in 2007 but like watching it in 2020 bennett like just to your point that you said earlier it's just like it's so much more depressing like it makes that scene so fucking empty it's like there is no like i don't know redemptive kind of close to this like very historical plot-based arc it's just like well Mm -hmm. charlie wilson couldn't fix it and like no one will and like the only reason the only thing we can do is end it, but no one's doing that. And even Charlie Wilson in this thing isn't trying to do that, you know? Uh, well, and whereas Primary Colors feels quaint, this movie feels crass, mm-hmm. um, you know, uh, what, 13 years later. Yeah. Um, there's that montage toward the end of all the helicopters being shot down. Ryan, you're familiar, of course, with the infamous closing title card of Rambo 3 that they've since changed, right? No, what is that? Is it like, fuck Vietnam? It's and... something along the lines of like this. No, no, it's it's because in Rambo 3, he's fighting with the, the he's fighting against, he's in Afghanistan fighting against the Russians, I believe. And the mm. closing title card is something to the effect of like, here's to the brave like Taliban. It's since been like excised from the movie. You can find it. It's, it's you know, semi-infamous. God bless these religious zealots. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We share the um, same God. And obviously, you know, this movie is about how that sort of like jingoistic fervor got whipped up. Um, God bless yeah. the Taliban. Bless America. <laughs> You're a grand old flag. We should. You guys want to close with a song? You guys want to close yeah. with a grand old flag? You're a grand seven. You're a grand old flag. You're a grand old flag. Red, white, and blue. It's a good. That's all, folks. Bennett and Ryan, do you have any parting words? Any thumbs up or thumbs down on this one? Uh, to uh, to paraphrase our friend Ebert, two thumbs down. <laughs> oh, I thought you were gonna say two thumbs up. I I I would give it one thumbs down, only because it's interesting to watch. 
uh, 13 years later. But otherwise, such a cop out like, score. Yeah, such a oh, fucking cop. Sit your fucking ass down. <laughs> okay, oh, both my thumbs are down. <laughs> One thumb's in my ass. Are you happy now? Round nosing for Charlie Wilson in case he's listening. I just want Tom Hanks, my real dad, to love me. Oh, wait, one more thing. It's like a recurring joke throughout the movie that all of his staffers are these like attractive women. One of them ha- is nicknamed Jailbait. I was watching this with subtitles, and you can clearly see that. Jailbait. Oh, I was like, oh, did he just oh. say that? Uh huh. I heard Jailbait. It, yeah. I heard it as like Shelby, and then I saw spelled right. out. I was like, oh, mum, yeah, Jailbait. Mama. And then like seven women come in, and one of them looks like a little young. Um. Yeah. I. That's not not fantastic. my cup of tea, this movie, so to speak. Anyway, we didn't say yeah. my thumbs yet. I give it. T- Two thumbs up oh. for intrigue, <laughs> political commentary, um, for Tom Hanks' impeccable performance. Mm-hmm. The Madame X reference really blew me away. Uh-huh. The <laughs> set design and the costumes make you feel like it's 2007 again, which yes. I really appreciate. Uh-huh. Aaron Sorkin, another <laughs> masterstroke with his writing. <laughs> and uh, it doesn't hurt to see a naked lady every now and then. That's right. I'm not afraid to go horny on Maine on uh, here on Real Rap. Uh-huh. Listen, if I'm if I'm popping uh, a peen, I'm popping some thumbs. Am I right, boys? <laughs> That's right. And two of them are going right up into the sky because this was a hit. And I I sorely I think you're both sorely mistaken for sweeping it under the rug this year. Mm. Well, uh, agree or disagree, I guess. Right. Oh, I think history will uh, <laughs> will show who the true winner of this debate is. Shane is Charlie Wilson advocating for one million dollars for Afghani school. Also, one million dollars is not a lot of money. You well, know, that, like I mean, they the started point, with five million dollars, and he, he's fucking d- d- one... he's down to one, and he's the good guy. Like, well, fuck. Well, and it is high to be giving a billion dollars uh, with weapons. <laughs> um, I was gonna say we we've. We've gone back and forth on Tom Hanks's performance in this movie, like whether it's any good, whether he's miscast. I think we can all agree he sounds exactly like the guy. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> right. Bye bye. <laughs> <laughs>